Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Game92.9thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg on this uh, 25th day of of June. Man, this, uh, this this spring and summer seems to be zipping by. But we say, as we say at the top of every hour, good morning, Georgia. Good morning. And a special good morning to you fine folks in McDonough. McDonough, Henry this, County. Dale, this is what we do here. I throw a city out there and... Like some sort of savant, Sam has two or three nuggets about that particular city that nobody else has ever heard of before. Every Friday night on the field, right? He's been there, done that. It's a hard seat to fill on a Saturday morning. Yes, it is. For it, Sam. Well, it, it is, but it ain't even just that. It's, it's like restaurants. It's churches. It's everything in that particular, in that particular city. Anyway, mm-hmm. you just heard the voice of Dr. Dale Yake, who was now – my co my co pilot for the rest of this show. It's been, it's been a little while in this chair. It has been a while. So for the audience who does not know, Dr. Dale Yake, CEO and founder of PT Solutions, but he did a show here for uh, years called Sports Insiders with Dan Kamal, and so he knows his way around the world of sports, not just from helping athletes out, but he loves talking. He's that dude who you don't think when you're in the barbershop knows as much as you, if not more, about sports. Uh, but that's yeah, you, man. Sh- shout out to Dan, uh, Dan Kamal, former voice of the Thrashers. I don't. Yeah. I haven't talked to Dan in a few months. I hope he's doing well today. But, yeah, we spent five years every Saturday morning following right. you and Sam yep. uh, for years. And so it's good to be back. Thanks for the invite. Uh, Colony Square looks a little different, guys. I mean, <laughs> so, no, it looks a lot different. I came up the escalator. I'm like, where am I at? Wow. Yeah, it, it, yeah this is great. We're going to have to come visit. I know my wife and I are going to have to come frequent some of these restaurants that are downstairs. Oh, it looks pretty cool. How was the fine Christy? Christy's doing, right? doing well. Christy, my wife, uh, of a, three years now. We just yes. celebrated our anniversary uh, this week of three years. and so uh, I was out there sweating like Kunta Kinte at that outdoor <laughs> wedding you had out there to look a, like a coney. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yes, we, we did. Uh, but yeah, you know, we celebrated our anniversary and she traveled with our children on vacation. So we weren't even together for our anniversary. Maybe, really? that, maybe that's a reflection of how our marriage is yeah, going. Well, as long as it's working. That's right. What that's right. is the third anniversary? What is the theme of the third anniversary? Uh, get through it. Right. Uh, get, <laughs> Separate get vacations, it. apparently. That's what it is. No, Not a bl- bad theme. Bl- blended family, six children. Uh, yeah. For those that need counseling on the air here, we could talk about that later. We have six children, five boys. Uh, yeah, to, to needless to say, we have a lot of kids playing a lot of sports. 
we touch them all. Right. Uh, every youth sport known in the Atlanta area, I think we know every league, we know every field, we've been everywhere. Uh, aside from my time at PT Solutions as a physical therapist and athletic trainer, it's more now as a parent going to these fields and, and seeing what I see, which is always interesting. Are you, are you, if you had to give a grade to the, to the officials officiating <laughs> well, that you see. Now. Watch well, it we're now. Not, we're not, we're not, we're not, no names or controversy leagues. right out of the back. Well, Eric, because you know? here's, no, because we talk about, Sam and I are always talking about job opportunities and the need for officials. Oh, it's huge. At these places. Yeah, it's huge. And so there is a need on all levels that you've experienced with your kids for officiating. Yeah, we, we, this is a quest, by the way, Eric. We're going to continue because mm-hmm. you know a lot of and a lot of parents drove some of these folks out too. Yeah, a lot of parents drove these dudes. But so we just need to let you know it's different now. You know, Greg, you bring up a good point because on Friday nights when you because we cover a lot of high schools, right? I, I spend a lot of Friday nights on high school fields. I've seen a major shift in the last few years, maybe since COVID, of younger referees on Friday nights on the, on, for high school football. What I have not seen is that same movement in other areas of sport, right? I, I think there needs to be an advancement in probably the Saturday morning soccer leagues. There needs to be some advancement in some of the travel soccer, travel baseball right. umpiring. It's not that they're ineffective. I think you just you need more talent. You need more folks. Uh, they need more presence. They don't have enough people, right? It's like right. every other uh, company or job in the world, and you're, you're advertising for that right now, I know, on, on the show. But the travel teams, though, because of what you pay for your kids to be a part of that, I would imagine the, the, the financial gain for those officials are different than the ones who are hired by Community X to go out to field or, or you it's know, better. General yeah. Park every Saturday to officiate some games. So. But the point is that there are there are needs that are out there, as you said, and that's oh, changing. Gosh, yeah, yeah, a place where you can contribute without maybe having to be the coach and be there every night and every practice and all those things. I I, I think you mentioned probably one of the greatest gifts you can give back to sports is refereeing, right? right? Because if it's done well, it makes the game be the game as opposed to being concentrated on the rules and to the officials. And so, whether that be professional sports, high school, all the way down, I think it's an opportunity. Uh, that's Dr. Dale Yake, uh, PT Solutions, joining Sam and Greg here, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Before we get into one of the areas that we wanted to talk to, as we were setting up here, you said a name I completely forgot, and I, and I sit here and I talk about people who are having birthdays and people we lost on this particular date, but also some of the names from this past week. And this was a guy who I think if you have followed any kind of sports, especially football, you know the name Tony Saragusa, the Goose. He not only played Baltimore, and I, I can't remember the, who was the team he was with before Baltimore. And that was Colts. It was with the Colts. And then he went on to do sideline reporting with Fox. And for those who don't watch sports but watch HBO, he was Tony, Tony Soprano's uh, bodyguard on the Sopranos right. for a couple seasons. That's right. So Tony Saragusa is a name that's known throughout sports. Rest in peace. We lost him this past week. But you have a connection with this guy. Well, yeah, I, I played with, with Tony at Pitt uh, in, in the early years. My, my one half of a year season there before tearing my knee up with an ACL injury at Pitt and then moving on to a place called Allegheny College. Uh, story there, too, my, my teammate there. Stan Drayton is now head coach at Temple. But the goose is – I can't say it like Shannon Sharp. Right, that's right? true. However <laughs> you would say it from hard knocks. But, yeah, that was probably the greatest hard knocks season of all time. Is the goose and the the skits? If you wasn't remember. he the one that locked Shannon in the in the in the trailer? Exactly. You remember that, do you? Great. He locked Shannon Sharp in a trailer, doing because you know how they had the little trailers where they go to their little individual meetings, right? 
They went to the Sanders Salt went to the tight end meeting. He only had to stay there for like thirty seconds because they, oh Shannon, you're a veteran, go hit out. And when he tried to get out, he was locked in there because Goose had locked him in. When he, when he got out, he went on a rampage. Where is Goose? I'm gonna kill this guy. <laughs> you know, I, all I can remember is Shannon Sharp wearing the bucket hat, right from from the nights that the rookies do the skits. They made fun of the Goose and Shannon Sharp, and yeah. that's probably again go back and look at those videos. But but Tony Siragusa, a great great player. Bigger, big human being, both in personality right. and in size. Dude was one of the largest human beings I think I've ever seen. Great career at Pitt. Went on, obviously had a good NFL career. And, the, and then an even better career after playing. And yeah. to see him pass away at 55 just gives me pain, right? That, that, that is an early, given your father, for example, that is an oh, early really? passing at 55. How right? does that happen? Yeah. You, you know, it's sad to see. And, and Goose has had a tough couple years medically here the last couple of years, and so it's sorry. What was to see wrong him. with him? Was he what was he dealing? Yeah, with? everything he was dealing with. Obviously, you know we'll get into the concussion thing maybe later, Greg. Well, but but obviously some some early stage of problems with cardiovascular problems. So all his those weight didn't help him. Weight didn't help him. Gotcha. He just you know diabetes and all those things that come on with that type of weight. But uh, yeah, we don't. I don't actually know the reason for the passing this week, mm-hmm. but yet knowing his his recent medical history, it doesn't surprise me. But you know, you see too many guys early, in their early 50s like this, former NFL careers, gives me concern. And, and one of my passions is how do you prevent that? Not that I want to stop football. I don't. But how do we make these guys, le- uh, you know, their lives better? You talked about N- NFL alumni. We work with a lot of NFL alumni down with Tulane and, and some of the work that's done out in New Orleans. We work with uh, some of the folks here in Atlanta. There is... Unfortunately, there's been just a history of so many medical problems as these guys get into their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and we see that with Tony, but yet there are things that can be done, and that's what we work on at PT Solutions, but you know, we'll get into that another day. Well, but the Goose had a great career. We and Again, rest in peace, Tony Saragusa, but we did want to just touch a, a couple things real quick because when we had you on last, and then we'll get past these things, but we, we, you were on the board uh, – you sit on the concussion legacy board. Again, concussions is something we'll get into in a second. But when you were on last, we talked about some of the injuries that had happened currently. Ozzie uh, Albies in yeah. his situation. Talked about some of the guys on Atlanta United and their injuries. So as far as what happened and, and how long they're going to be on that shelf is one thing. But what can we expect when we see these guys coming back? And what's that time frame? And you, I'll leave, you, know, you can pick whichever one you want to go with first. As far as when they return, uh, we can start with Ozzy because we'll be talking Braves here in a little bit and throughout the show. Yeah, Ozzy with the fractured foot, and you and I talked about it last week on the show. Uh, they haven't presented which of the 26 bones is fractured and, Jeez, and then which right. one was fixated uh, in surgery. But nonetheless, you're looking at a minimum six to eight week period there that he's got to rest that. And then there's the recovery and the on field activity. And look, people consider baseball not as rough as football, but the pivot you have to make swinging that bat. And the amount of turn he has to make at second base, turn into double play, or any of the other crazy things he does, he's a tremendous athlete. All that is going to have an impact because of this foot injury. And we can go back to Julio Jones, what the foot injury did to his career, right? Oh, yeah. and, and, and so similar thing here, the hope is that this has been managed better. The hope is that he has a good recovery, good rehab. He gets back out on the field at the right time, not too early. And that pre- so he doesn't have this predisposing to other injuries, right? I talked last week for you guys a couple minutes. Injuries beget injuries. Right. And 
we don't want the foot injury to turn into a hamstring, turn into a knee, turn into right. a low back injury. And so the Braves have a good training staff, good rehab staff. They'll do a nice job of returning him back onto the field. Now, as far as the, the Atlanta United injuries, that, that's a whole nother. I was going to say, that, how, do you, how do you know when it comes back? Because those guys do nothing but run constantly. Oh, it's, it's tough. And it's, uh, it, it's, one, it's one of those you will know you come back too soon when another injury, as you said, that's right. occurs. That's right. And, and because of all the injuries, Kazan, you, you could talk Hernandez, you could talk Kazan, all these guys with Achilles or knee injuries are major impacts on the field play of the United right now. Obviously, that's having a major impact. But, but at the same time, you want to hopefully prevent these guys from having future injury and deteriorating over time. And with, with the Achilles injury, right now you, wanna, you don't want that thing to turn into a tear. You hope it stays just a, right. uh, a synovitis injury, that w- basically meaning inflammation around the tendon as opposed to it turning into a tear, which you know soccer happens a lot. Happens a lot in all sports, particularly in the late 20s, early 30s for these guys. But, yeah, the, the, the rehab, not to make my profession very important, but we think it's important, it particularly today, in how we prevent injury as much as it is, is how we treat. And in this case, we're trying to prevent further injury of other areas of the body while we're managing the current injury they're dealing with, whether you talk you know, Atlanta United or Braves or whatever else you want to talk about. So is this the constant struggle of people like yourself who are team physicians, who work with organizations, and you tell them the truth about what you believe from your medical knowledge is the time frame they need to be off, and yet you've got executives, team officials who say, no, they need to be back for this particular weekend's games or this, oh, this particular man, that's series. A, you know, Greg, that's a great question because at the front end of my 30-year career, I've been doing this for 31 years now, the front end of my career and at the end of my playing career, that was the case. You know, one of my first jobs was working around the Pirates organization in Pittsburgh. And back then it was, hey, rub some dirt on it, go back and play, <laughs> right? Get back out there. And I think the entire um, thinking around sports, both executive, coach, otherwise has changed and it's changed because it's prevention of injury these are highly invested commodities if you will these athletes and they now take the approach of all right medical staff tell us what we need to do that's what we're going to go with we're going to go with that with that stance as opposed to forcing an athlete to go back and play number one you can't do that in today's era the athletes are not going to do it either right they they know their their agents tell them the same thing look man you're not you're not playing unless you're ready to play. And, but the same culture is true now on the executive side. They're not pushing athletes like they were back 30 years ago. But the crazy part is we've spent the last couple of years you, talking about and, and railing against the phrase load management. So as far as the NBA, and, and let's bring this to this conversation, you've got guys who are coming off an injury, still dealing with something, and that's their one trip into Denver or into New York or into Atlanta for that particular West Coast team or East Coast team. And they're looking for the medical staff to maybe wink, nod, and go the other way. Because now you've got the commissioner stepping in and saying, we got people paying a lot of money to come see you. Yeah. And so that's the that's the conundrum that's amongst the triumvirate of you three people, medical staff, individual teams, commissioner's office. Well, there's a fourth triumvirate because what happens now uh, is generally – Generally, the player, particularly when they're at a high level, let's use LeBron, right? Everybody talks about LeBron spends a million dollars a year on his medical outside. All of these guys have their own people, Greg. So they have the team people, oh, that, and then yeah, they have their own right. people, right? So they got their own got cadre the Maverick of people. Carters of the world. <laughs> That's right. So 
Yes, there is some of that, but but the load management is a whole segment we can talk about, right? right? What not just what is the opinion of different individuals, but what's the science say? And and how much can you play? And what's the load that you can put on on an individual? Load management has become a catchphrase as opposed to what actually the research says. And so maybe mm-hmm. we'll get into that today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, right. it, it is huge to think about. I, I think it's more than opinion when it's done well. All right. We are, listen, this is great, and we could continue. I'm just happy to have you back on the air, man. How's it feel getting up here, talking a little sports here? I, you know, I didn't necessarily back love, to you? love the drive into Colony Square. Well, we need none enough. of us do yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> At least you got the park underground. I'm on the street. <laughs> um, we're going to switch some gears, and we're going to talk hockey. This is oh. going to be fun. Sean Belegian, who also loves talking hockey, he's from WJR. He's going to join us, going to talk about Game 5 and what we can look forward to in Game 6. That's up next. It's Sam and Greg. Mr. Crenshaw's out. Dr. Dale Yake is here. Eric Slaughter's here. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sends it to Hedman. Centering pass. And a goal! Palat got it through Kepper. Another huge goal in the postseason by Andre Palat. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. I just completely lost everything a second ago. (laughs) Nothing was working. Couldn't hear a thing. But we are back. It is Sam and Greg on this 25th day of June. Mr. Crenshaw is out. And joining me today, Dr. Dale Yake, CEO and founder of PT Solutions, along with Eric Slaughter, who has been sitting in for Mr. Crenshaw. We got like a a three-man show going on here. It was like Monday Night Football. And now we got to bring in another voice. Because when it comes to hockey, we, we couldn't be happier that a few weeks ago we were introduced to uh, Sean. Oh, nuclear waste in my throat there. Sean Belizean from WJR in Detroit. He is part of one of the biggest shows up there, the Paul W. Smith Show. And we were just happy to get a hold of him through some connections here at the station. And this guy loves talking hockey. And so we weren't sure whether we were going to have him on today, what was going on with Game 5. But, Sean, it happened. We might have to happen to you tomorrow. But, first of all, thanks for getting up and being part of the show. And last night, surprise to you? Hey, you know what? Give Tampa credit. Every time you think they're down on the mat, they keep getting up. You know, pull out every cliche, you know, heart of a champion, all you know, all that stuff. But I'll tell you what, they, they get it done, and, and now – We've got ourselves a series. Tampa's got to be feeling pretty good about themselves. Only one time in the illustrious history of the Stanley Cup has a team come back from a 3-1 deficit. So Tampa's looking to make a little history in more than one way. Sean, Dale Yake here at 92.9. What's changed? What changed last night? Is it just being able to get the puck out of your own zone? Or was it the return of the Tampa Bay Lightning power play? What, 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 what changed last night? What looked different to you? It's a great question. I, I think first and foremost, Colorado, if you guys, and I'm sure you watched the game, Colorado played a very hesitant first period. They didn't really come on until late. You know, maybe – they knew that Lord Stanley's Cup was in the building. I don't know what it was. And Tampa stayed the course. I mean, they really did. It's heartbreaking when your goaltender gives up one of those soft-serve goaltend- goals. 
And that's what happened on that first goal. I think that's one that uh, Kemper certainly would like to have back. But Tampa just did what Tampa has done. You know, they've been there. They've done that. They came out. They kind of dictated the pace. And Colorado woke up and found themselves in a hole. But then you go back to that goal, you know, the eventual. I mean, that game was screaming overtime to me. I don't know about you guys. You go back to that goal, and it's just a simple thing like Andre Pilat. You know, the scrum is moving one way. He moves the other way and gets himself set up in a nice scoring position, and he finds a way to put the puck past Kemper. We're going to have to see a couple things come up in game number six from a Colorado perspective. Number one, Kemper's going to have to be better. You know, we've talked so much about Andre Vasilevsky. He hasn't been at his best yet, and it's coming. He's the best goalie in, in the National Hockey League for a reason. Uh, so that's number one. Kemper Kemper really has to batten down the hatches. And number two, Nathan McKinnon is one of the most exciting players in the National Hockey League. Nathan McKinnon wasn't seen very much last night. So let's see if he bounces back uh, in this game six because Tampa has has been there, done that. There's no panic even after, I mean, let's face it, it was a missed call. There were too many men on the ice. Uh, in game number four, uh, John Cooper said what he had to say, and they all moved on, and Tampa moved on and started to focus on game number five. Party atmosphere last night, no doubt about it. I mean, that crowd was going crazy. Everybody was expecting a party, except for the Tampa Lightning. Yeah, you know, Sean, you said it. You go from game two where you see the most dominant performance by a team at 7 to nothing, and you show up last night in your home building with the cup in the building, I know they interviewed John Cooper there in the break, and they said, are you stressed? Is anything stressing you? I think was the words. He said, no, man, I'm, he's like the most cool cat ever, right? What a great coach, obviously, demonstrating this. D- does Tampa have the momentum going back to Tampa now? You know, every time we start to think there's momentum in this series, it, it, it's, it, they remind us there is no momentum in this series, and that's what's been crazy about this series. Uh, my, my guess is yes. But if we've learned anything in this series, I mean, you mentioned the drubbing uh, that, that we saw uh, last Saturday, just, just a week ago. You thought that Colorado would just smoke from there, and it, it hasn't happened. I, you know, again, I, I hate to keep going there, but the Lightning have that been there, done that, no panic mentality. There's something about it. I think that you're going to see an answer from Colorado. I'm going to say it again. I wouldn't be shocked at all if Nate McKinnon isn't the best player on the ice. Uh, coming up tomorrow night, is it going to be enough to offset what should be a crazy atmosphere down in Tampa? We'll see. This has been an entertaining and unpredictable series so far. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Look, as your boys are talking hockey here, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 929thegame929thegame.com. Sean Belegian from WJR up in Detroit, uh, Paul W. Smith Show, 6 to 9. You can catch him there, but when it comes to hockey – Hockey information, he's the guy we reach out to. Here's what I want to know. Is that really a thing, having the cup, having the trophy in the building? You don't hear that in the NBA. You don't hear about that World Series trophy is in the building when you're coming down to a Game 6 or Game 7. You don't hear it in any other sport. But if Lord Stanley's Cup is in the building for whatever reason, people get kind of worked up into a conversation about it. Is there Has there been a chance, has there been a time since you've been covering hockey where a team is actually – wet the bed or didn't get over the hump because you feel like, hey, they got nervous once they saw the cup was in the building. Is that an actual thing? 
No, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I it, it's funny that you say that. I have always felt that I'm incredibly biased. You know what you dream about the time you're a little kid? You dream about holding up that 35-pound, beautiful, sterling silver trophy over your head. I mean, that that's what every hockey player thinks about. It, it's it's having that cup handed to you and putting it over your head. It, it is such a psychological thing because every kid that ever laced up the skates, that's what it's all about. It's about winning the Stanley Cup. So no question about it. Uh, there have been times where teams have, have psyched themselves out. I think we saw it here in Detroit in 2008 that, you know, everybody was ready to party. And then all of a sudden Pittsburgh decided that they were going to spoil the party. And uh, Detroit had to wait to celebrate uh, until Pittsburgh in, in game number six. I remember the 2006 Stanley Cup uh, finals. Uh, Carolina had Edmonton dead in the water. And they let him off the map in game in game five, and then Edmonton came back and won in Edmonton, and then it was a great game seven before Carolina got to put that trophy over their head. But uh, you're absolutely right. You know, you don't think about winning the O'Brien Trophy. You don't think about running around with, you know, the, the Lombardi Trophy. You don't think about that World Series trophy, but every hockey player thinks about holding Lord Stanley's cup over their head. It is, it's a little kid thing. It's psychological and you have to find a way to block it out of your head and just focus on the 60 minutes on the ice. Hey, Sean, this is Eric, the producer. I love you saying how every kid thinks about holding that trophy up. I don't think about holding it up, but I have thought about what I would do with it. How long does each player get to have it a, a week or a, a, day. a day? A day. So I want to hear from each one of you guys. What would you do with your Stanley Cup when you had it for the day? Would you take it to the mall? Would you take it to the movies? Get it some popcorn? What would you do? I'm going to start with you, Sean. What would you do for your day with the Stanley Cup trophy? I would take it to mom's house. Like I, I think I'd go to like the rink where I played when I was a little kid, and then I'd, I'd have a little uh, party over at mom's house. Uh, you know, it's uh, – uh, your parents do so much for you to, to, you know, get you to practices and everything when you're a kid. So, uh, yeah, I, and you guys would be invited to the party, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Mom's house. All right, Dr. Dan, what will you do with oh, your day to stand the I think Sean hit on it. I think you take it to every rink in, in, in yeah. any city that you're in and let the little kids see it because unlike every other sport, the, the trophy here is the focus as opposed to other sports. Right. It's the ring, right? And, and so here they don't talk about the ring. They talk about the trophy. Greg? Uh, yeah, I think I'd let my father see it. I'd let my, you know, there's two trophies that he, he doesn't talk about this one, but there are two trophies that are so identified with the sport. And as you said, rings are one thing, but this trophy and the Borg Warner trophy, the winner of the Indy 500, those two yeah. he knows about. And he taught me about the, the Borg Warner trophy. Since I can't bring him that one, the Stanley Cup is one of those that I'd, I'd, I'd want to bring it to him, even if he didn't you know, really wrap his mind around and understand the significance of it. He knows what the trophy is. And then the other thing is, do I take it with me and sit in the front seat and put it next to me in the other seat at a roller coaster at Six Flags? I like that. I like that. Oh, yeah. Front seat, front car, me and the, and the trophy. With, with, the, with the little safety strap fit with over the it. around it, man. And you know how you get your picture taken oh, yeah. when you come down, come down the roller coaster? Yeah, there it with is. me and the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Sean, listen, as always, we, we, we can't thank you enough. Listen, we might tap into your knowledge tomorrow as we get ready for game six. There's some storylines there. Yeah. We'll, go ahead. And no, anytime. Hey, twist my arm to talk hockey. It's, just a, it's, a, it's a tough <laughs> proposition, but somebody's got to do it, I guess. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate it. Uh, again, Sean Belegian from WJR up in Detroit, the Paul W. Smith Show, 6 to 9. Appreciate it, man. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Get you set for game six. Yeah, have six. a great Saturday, fellas. All right.
How many rinks have you been in with the kids, Dale? Oh, enormous. Uh, probably here in the last couple of years, probably 22, 23, wow. right? Uh, when you travel around all these different rinks. And, and for the travel kids that play hockey, I don't know if folks know if you know hockey. Hockey is like enormous travel. They leave Atlanta. They'll travel all around. They go every weekend. It is enormous travel all around the country. It is a great spot, a spot to be to watch these kids play because the families are like family as well. If you're right. on a travel hockey team, they live, they stay in the same hotel, they go eat dinner together. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see. Um, the expense of doing that sport, though, because every year when it seems like the last, I don't know how many years, when, when the finals are taking place and the conversations swirl on different networks, and, of course, you have, you know, pick the network, there are a handful of, black reporters who talk about not having the abilities to play this sport. They've gone to it to cover it for the network. They realize, man, this when you go to these games and the speed of it and blah, 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 you hear that. But then it all comes back to the expense. We don't wonder why soccer is the biggest sport on the planet. All you need is a ball in an area. Yeah, I, I would say if you want to play hockey, show up at one of the rinks here, Center Ice, uh, the Mad Hatter's rink out in, in Marietta, uh, up in uh, the cooler Somebody will find you some pads and some some gear. There, there, there's folks that will get you some gear to play. You want to come learn to skate? They'll get you skates. They'll figure out a way. But it's I, those I, neighborhoods that don't have the access. That's right. To get and that's but, what that's but, what. But I'm if you about. but if you want to get there today, there's folks that help you play because I I do think great athletes, being an athlete works in hockey just like it works in football, works in basketball, works in the other place. So come on out. We'd love to see you. Now, let's make sure we know our listeners know where these places. So the cooler is in Alpharetta, correct? Cooler is in Alpharetta. Off of um, Mansell. Mansell Road. Okay. Yep. Then uh, yep. Center Ice is in Dunwoody. S- uh, Center, I guess, what is that? Sandy Springs. Sandy Springs, Dunwoody. Right off, yeah, right off 285. Yeah, 285. You see two, it Two right great there. facilities. So, yep. Yep. Uh, you know, if, if you are wondering where these places are, that's where you go to them. So in Alpharetta, 400, exit 8, Mansell Road. You can take a left off the exit if you're coming north. Take the first right. You'll see the cooler. Excellent facility up there in Alpharetta. Do you skate? I do. Oh, well, that's, that's right. cool, man, because so the perception got... is changed, but it's still relevant. It is. It's, it's it, still it, a problem. Now, now, I don't know if I can skate and swing at a hockey puck. But, but, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, there's adult, there's adult leagues that if you want to, they'll get you, get you going in that vein, too. And so in addition to center ice and the cooler, you got the Mad Hatter's rink up off of Barrett Parkway. You've got yeah, Kinsall, okay. the ice up and coming. So there are more rinks here. Atlanta, I still think, is one of the largest adult leagues in the country, believe it or not. Maybe all the transplants that come from all over the place. But you, asked, you said cost. Yes. Cost for travel hockey. I, Dan, I can't imagine it's any more than gymnastics or cheerleading, honestly, uh, for the high-level dance folks. So I, I wouldn't put it past those costs, um, particularly the, the kids that play or are involved in cheerleading or gymnastics, for sure. Those will sometimes turn into a scholarship. Is the same for hockey down here in the South? Scholarship, no, because obviously Title IX, we could get into another, okay, right? Well, that's, uh, that's a whole other deal for the, for the young boys. But for the young women, yes. Uh, and so a, y- a lot of young women playing, and, and they're, they're on pace for that's a scholarship right. as well. So He started talking about Cami Granada. That's right. Uh, I'll talk about her all day long. All right, man, this is fun. Dr. Dale is in here. He got, now he's got his sports talk muscle going here. We're not even close to being done. We got something coming up next. As I talk about my casting call, he had – a situation at his house that 
has to do with the movie industry. And we're going to talk about that next. And it's also a way for me to let you guys know where you can let the movie industry know about things that you might have that they may need. But he's got a good one coming up next. It's Sam and Greg, Dr. Dale Yake, PT Solutions, Eric Slaughter. It takes two people to fill up for Mr. Crenshaw. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929 The Game.com. Sam and Craig. Filling in this morning, Mr. Crenshaw. It is Dr. Dale Yake from uh, PT Solutions and Eric Slaughter. And then, of course, Guns N' Roses this morning on Star 94. How many times did you have to play that song back in your rock days? Back in the day. Oh, all, when it first came out, and then regularly. Like every four minutes? Uh, yeah, right. pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, Guns N' Roses when they popped and. Ay, 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 ay. You used to tell the stories about back then. You'd spin the record, and then you'd leave the studio, and then you. Uh, well, no, I did. I did a. I did. <laughs> I did an album hour at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning, and I called it dancers' hour because that's when all the clubs were closing, and I'd get like requests from Bambi and Ginger and Tiffany and whatever. But <laughs> then I'd also play a complete album at times. I was there when we actually used to say the phrase, because it was a thing, going to give you the new Aerosmith on compact disc. <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> it, was own, it was on compact disc. But we were right there at Claremont in 85, well, in Century Center, the Glass Triangle building. And when I was hungry, I'd put that CD on and then jump in a car and run down to Waffle House and get a burger and then come back. Maybe because I'm biased. That was my era for radio, right? I, I did the college radio station you show. You did. You told me that, yeah. Yeah, which maybe allows me to speak on the air here a little bit. But, but yeah, <laughs> it was a little different in college than probably your rock days. That was the greatest era of rock, though, during the time you were on the air. It was fun. It was a, And there was a transition in a, in a couple different areas. And, and listen, we're talking about a guy here who passed on this day 13 years ago. And... Yeah. We're not talking about his contribution to rock, but he did dip his toe in there and had a hit record, uh, a hit rock record. And then his, his sister, Janet, with Scream, that they did together, was it it, it posted on the rock uh, on the rock chart. So, yeah, it's again, it's all coming together. Then you hit on the Prince thing too, right? It, it's Purple uh, Rain was released on this date in '84. I just visited Paisley Park not too long ago. That if wow. you ever go to Minneapolis, you need to see that I have, thing. I would want to. I've never been up there before. In fact, they just brought out his shoe collection, right? They got a whole wall of shoes of high heels, of high heels. Oh yeah, and and he wore out some shoes. Let me say that. I mean, he's you could see the scuff marks because that guy worked his tail off on stage. That was a reason for his problems because he he danced in high heels, screwed up his back. Yeah. And his yeah. hips and yeah. his knees and yeah. all kind. He was in lots of like pain. Like an athlete lots for a while there. And, and again, he was doing it on the – listen, he, he was who he was, but he knew that that dude we were just talking about a minute ago had set the standard for performing, being an entertainer live, meaning Michael. And, and Prince was that. There weren't many entertainers that were also top-level singer-songwriters. No, no. You know, I always wondered the relationship between Michael Jackson and Prince, though. I, eh. Prince kind of took away some of – 
Michael's thunder during that era a little bit, or do you do you think that he felt that it way? It was a different. There... It was a it was a different avenue. Michael was already established. I mean, there's like it was before he passed. It was like him and Ron Howard were the only really famous people from the time they were single age to to the time they were over fifty. That that entire span, and not just like somebody you knew. They were stars. And say what you will about Michael and and what you believe he did or didn't do, and so on and so forth. That's not for us. You could, I mean, we can make a decision because we have the right to, and you can spend your money on his stuff. But at the end of the day, it is undeniable what he did in his profession. It's like you can say what you will about Barry Bonds, but you can't deny. You know, you can talk about the record whether you believe it's there or not, but you can't deny what the dude did. You can't deny the talent. Are we going down the road of Barry Bonds stories? No, we're not. We're no. not. We're okay. going to bring this back to a story that you talked about because this is Casting Call. You guys go to 929thegame.com slash Casting Call. Got a fresh list of job opportunities for you. Last week it was it – was, they were looking for bikers, and not the kind of bikers that you're thinking of. Not the most Sturgis and Hells Angels and all that. They're looking for motocross bikers. Any of your kids – do motorcycles? They want to. We've kind of held it yeah. back, right? It, it's uh, that that one I feel a little uncomfortable about. We can talk about the concussions, but gosh, that that, that would no, yeah, yeah, that would be an issue. Well, on location um, is doing a project called the Innocent. They have a featured role that they need just a couple people to be walking your dogs. Dale, this is a great country. You take your dog. You go outside. You get booked on a job. You're just going to walk up and down the street and get paid for it. That's, That's what they need. Awesome. They need somebody for this show, The Innocent. I mentioned the bikers. This is Des- uh, Destination Casting. They're doing a project. Oh, wait, I want to get to this one right here because that anyway, one fast move. They need real motocross bike racers. Got to have your own bike. Got to have all the gear, 18 years and over. So, again, when you see the breakdowns, you guys just follow the instructions. I've got the link to um, where you can get the certificate for Georgia Department of Labor for all minors, a generic version of how to submit yourself if you've never done it before, couldn't be easier. Now, one of the one of the other things I have on there is um, for voiceover work or people who will help you, voiceover teachers, advisors, if you will, if you got to put a demo together from soup to nuts. Now, one of the things I don't have on there, but I should put it up, is the link or just the name, the Georgia. I want to get this right. Georgia Film and Television Sourcebook. The Georgia Film and television source book. It's, it's kind of like the industry Bible. Now, I don't know that you put your information in there, Dale, but if you have a farm, if you have classic cars, if you have uh, a big backyard with a gazebo in there and you think the film industry would want to use, you use your land for weddings, whatever it is, that's where you're going to put that information. Now, I've known of some people who have had their homes used for productions. Like I said, I don't know how they found you, but you got a story having to do with something. And it's funny, too, because I actually got an audition to go and submit for this particular project. Am I allowed to say the show? I, I don't I'll know. I'll say it. I right. don't care. I'll say it for me. It's uh, pain, pain Hustlers. Yeah. Pain Hustlers. Pain Hustlers. Netflix production of Pain Hustlers, which I understand is about the fentanyl epidemic, right? Yeah. That's what they're shooting it about. Dope Stick, I saw that. That was uh, that's great. Right. Yeah. Woody Harrelson was in that. So anyway, they, we get a call and say, hey, we want to use your, your backyard for this show <laughs> called Pain Hustlers. My wife texts me during the middle of the day, and I ignore like four texts, and I'm like, I don't know. What does that mean? Right. Like, what does your backyard use? Well, she went so far as to let them come out, take pictures, do the whole thing. They were ready to use the, use the yard. And so- the, the, wait, wait, let's stop for a second before you tell them what happened. 
What he's talking about is somebody got in touch with your, found out about your property. Do you think the wife let them know about it or just kind of? Yeah, you know, Christy ha- knows everybody. Okay, so, and then she uh, does. We both worked on a, on a TV project yeah. together, but we didn't know each other. Okay, so she lets these folks know about your uh, property. They come out. So let's just say it's anybody out there listening right now. You want to let your home go to one of these film industries or a business like Carl from Off the Hook Barbershop does the same thing. They, A, are going to move you out. You are going to decide on a certain price or a certain type of lifestyle, meaning hotel here, living yep. there, and you got to be out for X amount of weeks. <laughs> okay? That's right. That's right. And they are going to do all manner of things to your home, but yet you got to take some pictures beforehand, and they have to make your house look exactly like those pictures when you get it back. Now, there's some great stories along with this. There's some stories that aren't so good. So I'm just saying, do you due diligence if you are going to open your home to the film industry? 95, 98% of the time, no problem. It's a great experience, and you get to see your home in a project. But In our case, they were going to use the outside. They were going to start pre-production on Monday and then shoot the actual night scenes on Friday, Thursday and Friday night. And I say that because... I live in one of those HOA-controlled neighborhoods, like most mm-hmm. people listening do, right? And the, the the production supervisor, I guess, said, hey, everything's good. By the way, they pay really well for this yeah, stuff. Yeah, they do. Right? They well, pay really well. certain houses, yours would fall into that category. Well, I, I don't know about that. But they pay really well for this stuff. So production guy goes, look, but my experience is we need to reach out to the HOA. And I go... Well, yeah, yeah, it's back <laughs> to 10 she, yards and punt. There she wrote, right? <laughs> and that was true. So they emailed the uh, HOA and they said, no, no, we're not going to allow that use, it, which I think is crazy because I have graduation parties going on where they block the entire street going on in my neighborhood. And these folks were going to set up base camp outside the neighborhood. They were going to give a donation to the HOA. They were going to do a lot of things for the community. I think it's great for Atlanta. I Promote the film, right? right. Let, let them do whatever. I don't. It wasn't going to hurt anybody. And it wasn't. I could see if they were going to have the the, the trailers in your neighborhood. Streets no, are, would no. have been all blocked up. No, you're right. If they were down the street and around the corner and just you know bringing people in and out for whatever doing the scenes. And it was only going to be a couple days, correct? A couple days. House? But, but you know, they, they did say that there would be about 150 people in and out. When you yes. think about these productions, lighting and everything they got to bring in, there would be trucks that would come in, drop it off, and then they would stage them outside the neighborhood someplace and have all the food and all those things that they do. But I still don't think it was that disruptive. So for those of you folks out there that want to pursue using your home. Yes. Uh, or I, business. I, or business. That's right. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity here. Uh, this this show was a Netflix show, but as you know, every every major production company is finding its way to Atlanta, and I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's great for Atlanta. It Keep is it, abso- going. it is absolutely great. Couple thoughts here. One is Netflix, unfortunately, just had to let three hundred employees yes, go. Yes, um, but I'm sure that'll turn back around. The other thing about this is, I think that the the hiccup for you was the fact that it was a night shoot, and they there could have been neighbors who would have. You know, those lights could have gone on. Yeah, they yeah. could have gone all all night. I don't even think the HOA looked at that. I, okay. <laughs> I, I just think they it just was decided a, they have a little bit of power and they're going to use it. And go, no, right. you're not coming in our neighborhood. No, we're okay. not doing that. Right? That's too bad. Um, so it is what it is. But uh, but for ho- folks, hopefully others have greater success than I did with the <laughs> HOA stuff. But yeah, keep keep it going. What what are you on here lately? What's your latest? I thing? have uh, I've got a project that's coming out. I I talked a little bit about this um, called. It has to do with football. I just, I just thought about the title. I better keep my mouth shut. I didn't sign an NDA, but it is about um, 
a young girl who um, the star of this, I guess, is going to be one of the next big up-and-coming Disney stars. And her father plays professional football. And it just so happens in the script, the guy plays for the Falcons. Oh, there you go. And it just so happens that a guy who used to play for the Falcons, who played on the offensive side of the ball, who went into the Hall of Fame not too long ago, is the coach on this particular team in the movie. Hmm. I've got to leave it at that. Hmm. Okay. Used to play for another team that wore red uniforms. Uh, or had a lot of red. In had the a lot of red. Had a little bit of gold on there. A little bit of gold there. A little bit of gold. Had a star in his helmet at one point. I don't think he had a star in his helmet. It had a couple letters. Not that guy. Okay. No, this, uh, is, this is a guy who had a couple letters on his red helmet. And then he came to Atlanta and continued being okay. a pro bowler. Okay, yeah, And yeah, went yeah. into the Hall of Fame not too long ago. We'll He's in it. this movie, and he plays the coach of um, this one team. But that's what I have coming up. Also, there's one in the theaters right now that is not getting the best of reviews. <laughs> got nothing to do with me, but it's a theater, called... a theater not getting a review. No, no, the, the yeah, the, the the movie itself is oh, okay. not getting okay. great reviews. It's in theaters. Okay. Now, uh, it's called Tyson's Run. Hmm, I haven't seen that one. Tyson's Run is about a young man who whose father is a football coach and he's that typical football coach on the high school level who wants his son to follow in his footsteps and play football too and be tough and rough. And this guy's son is not that. And he's got um, um, mm, I, I, all of a sudden the affliction just leaves me. We kids deal with all the time. Um, I don't know where you're going with that. The kid has got something. He's, 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 he's autistic. Thank you. Okay. And so that kind of sport is not in his wheelhouse, but he ends up being a runner. Oh, that's a cool story. And, yeah, and I think I'm this, familiar with that. Yeah, and so that. he becomes this long marathon runner. And you, you know, after two years, three years, I had not been in a movie theater till Thursday night. My son and my son and I went out to see, as you might imagine, our friend Tom Cruise. Oh, uh, okay. In Maverick, right? Uh, I, I want to say, look, I'm not a Tom Cruise fan, but that movie, the way it's shot, is unbelievable. Right, the film scenes. You can see the G-forces on Tom Cruise's face, right? Like literally pulling his eyes back into his head. It's awesome. He sat on that for a couple years, though, like a few yep. other big-budget movies because he can. All right? So yep. every little tweak, it should be exactly what you have said and everybody else has said. The, the, the cinematography in this movie and, and watching, you know, F-16s or whatever they're called, flying around with the way they do it is amazing. That's all I've heard. But the guy waited a while, so he did little tweaks because of the pandemic. Yep. Same thing with Mission Impossible. They did the same thing with the James Bond movie. By the way, you got to pick for the new James Bond. I used to tease you about that. You were James Bond, so. Oh, man, I think that's a tough one. All right, well, get back to me on that. Let me remind everybody, if you got any questions about the list that's up right now, the casting call list, greg.clarksonodyssey.com. But it is up on get, um, 92.9thegame.com slash casting call. And it's also on Get Cast with Greg on Twitter. Too, so you and can if see you're a motocross there. person, get out there. Motocross, they're paying a thousand bucks for that one. I rarely give prices out. Hilton Casting's got a new project coming up, and I mean a lot of good stuff coming up. Moving into the nine o'clock hour, Joe Patrick. We're going to talk Atlanta United and Braves, and some NBA talk next. NBA draft, what's going on with the Hawks, and what we can speculate on this upcoming season. It's Sam and Greg, but Mr. Crenshaw's not here. It takes two people to fill up for him. Dr. Dale Yakesy. <laughs> PT Solutions, and Eric Slaughter. This is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game.com.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.